I want me some glory hope. to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. With us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, or iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sleepus, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Sleepus, here we go. Baby boy, it is playoff time. There are no more losses on the docket for Carolina or New England. Woo! No more shitty games with Atlanta or Chicago or Pittsburgh. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Check, check on that. Get back to that. Wild card weekend <laughs> is upon us, which means our yearly winter trip to Vegas is also upon us. And personally, I've decided to take it easy out there this year and uh, be in bed. By midnight, up at 7 a.m., it is time for Longhorn to do some growing up. So if you see a ridiculously good-looking guy with blue eyes and a beautiful beard at 2 a.m. negotiating prices with a pretty lady, that's not me, man. That is not, <laughs> not going to be me. Of course that's going to be me. And, buddy, you're such a good guy that I know you'll eavesdrop on the negotiation and make sure the <clears throat> associate isn't taking advantage of old Longhorn and, you know, maybe be sure to slip a condom or two to that guy so that we don't bring a new meaning to the phrase Vegas, baby! Now, whether you are here for the funny. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. Presidents. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight, I'm not exactly drinking a beer. This is a new type of beverage that I'm bringing to the podcast for the first time. I mm. believe it's called or pronounced 
NyQuil. That's oh, what I'm no. drinking. So if you hear a loud thump halfway through Longhorn's handicap of around, let's say, the fourth game or so, don't worry about it. That's just my head bouncing yeah. off the goddamn desk. Longhorn mm. will pick me up and kick me in the testicles, and I will resume the podcast. So mm. keep that shit over there tonight, sir. I, I, I don't. Want, <laughs> I don't want to be. I'd rather be sick in Vegas from something else, not what you got. Oh boy! All right, boys and girls, it is Super Wild Card Weekend. What's better than one day of football, Longhorn? Three goddamn days of football. That's right. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We got it all, baby. We're going over every game in the NFL in the air tonight. And of course, we're going to get you paid with a free pick palooza this episode, uh, as we always do. But right now, we have to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Benny's Tax Evaders. Yo! It's your Uncle Vinny here to tell you about your fucking taxes there. Did you know that for every fucking dollar you make, it gets taxed by the fucking government there? How the fuck is that, huh? I mean, if some fucking slob owes you a couple of fuzzles you collect on Uncle Sam over there once it's fucking 30%, what the fuck? Forget about it. With Vinny's tax evaders, you ain't turning over a fucking dime to those cocksuckers. All you's gotta do is make sure everything you collect is in cash and nobody knows why's about it, capiche? And if some jagoff tries to rat you out, you just call us and we make it like nothing ever happened. So keep those fucking white hats of washing out of your fucking pockets there with Vinny's Tax Evaders. And maybe you do us a small favor in return, huh? Something like making sure certain someone may not be a certain amount alive anymore, possibly. Salute! Holy shit, Longhorn. Vinny's Tax Evaders. Looks, boys and girls, it's that time of year. Mm. It's tax season. Vinny is a very special uh, sponsor of ours. <laughs> Look, he may or may not give us a little kickback on the clients that we send him, but I promise you, if you go to Vinny... You will walk away with your tax situation very satisfied. I'll say that. Very satisfied. Yeah, so you got to watch out for old Vinny's advice because, you know, I, I talked to him a couple of days ago and he said, go out to Vegas and make all the babies in the world because they're a huge <laughs> tax write-off. So be careful with that guy. <laughs> is happening right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby It's those wild card weekend bells. Longhorn is time to go over all the games in the air tonight. Little preface with this wild card round. History says big home field favorites are the play. Home field seven or more favorites, twenty and two straight up, winning by twelve points per game. Fourteen and eight ATS with a plus three ATS margin. Now, Longhorn mentioned the teasers on the Monday podcast. I actually did some looking into that. So, just to recap the regular season real quick, teasers on dogs, less than three on the season, hit at 
Teasers of favorites of seven to eight and a half, which would make them the, the Wong candidate uh, teasers. That was 66.7%. So, from a straight probability standpoint, teasing two dogs was extremely profitable this season. Mixing the two was not profitable, and teasing two favorites together was death uh, for your bank account. Now, not saying you can't get lucky and hit it, but just probability-wise, you were going to lose money if you did anything but two dogs together overall. So, there are some really good teaser spots in the playoffs. One of them, we don't have any here uh, this week, but home dogs of three or more, uh, there's only ever been six. Teasing that's 83%, five and one. So, that's a really good spot, but another great spot. Away dogs of three or less, 18 and three on the teaser. And then away dogs of more than three are 29 and 19, so not as good, 60%. And then the home favorites between seven and eight and a half are nine and two, so 82%. So that's really the sweet spots for the teasers in the wild card round. So just setting that up. All right, Longhorn, let's start it off in Houston, down in Houston with an H, where those Texans are hosting the Cleveland Browns. They are two and a half point home dogs. Yeah, and uh, you know, just on those numbers, like a lot of lot of good stuff there. I wish we could have time to stop down on it and, and dig into that more. But um, I've got I've got some breakdowns coming on some of the games, so we'll get into it a little bit. So just real quick, I mean, like, well, first of all, it, you know, in the playoffs, I think I've got this written down on one of mine. But basically, in the playoffs, yeah, <coughs> models and all the models are you know you you rely on the models, but we've all seen, you know ridiculous shit happening in the playoffs like you know i don't know uh nick Foles make a run to the super bowl with with the team that barely make makes the playoffs or i don't know i don't remember if his team barely made the playoffs but we've no, seen they were the like one seed because yeah but, was the mvp yeah but but okay but it had nick Foles, so that's always going to affect the lines and i'm sure the models didn't support it yada yada but then we've seen teams like the giants or you know name your team uh, that's barely made the playoffs as a wild card and you know gone all the way to the super bowl so you know, there's you know weird things happen in the playoffs. It's one game sets, but um, yeah, you definitely don't want to ignore the numbers. And some of those teaser numbers kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit uh, that we can dig into certainly going forward and see how they play out this week in in, uh, in the playoff weeks coming up. But in this game particular, you know, Houston Houston plays better at home. And Cleveland worries me because they just do not play defense as well on the road as they do at home. And, um, you know, I am going to lean to Cleveland in this game to cover. If it's at the two – what's it officially at? I think it's two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. It's been bouncing kind of back and forth. I, I, if they're at two and a half, that's where I'm grabbing them at. If they're at three, I'm just going to wait and, and see if you can get get back to the two and a half if you, if you miss that by the time you listen to this podcast. Uh, now I am going to do the tease up with Houston. So this is going to be the, you know, unofficial, official, unofficial middle, uh, fiddle in the middle play of the week. Um, but you know, I just, I can't trust Cleveland on the road to stop Houston from getting the back door, but then also cannot trust Stroud, a rookie, First time going to the playoffs. This is the first time for this entire staff. The, you know, most of the team, they've never been in the playoffs. So this they're playing with, you know, house money, which you would normally think is like, oh, that's great. They're playing with house money. They're going to be loose and free. Well, no, they're, you know, they're rookies. They're going to be wide-eyed. And on the other side, you've got Joe Flacco, 
who's been to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. He's a calming presence for that team uh, over there. A you know a much better roster. Period. Cleveland is than Houston, and uh, and outside of that, I had one more thing. What was it? Mm. Uh, I know I had one more, but I'll I'll find it in here in a minute. Why don't you go ahead with what you got? But I am officially leaning to Cleveland minus two and a half and teasing up Houston to eight and a half. What do you got? All right, uh, so, <coughs> sorry. Houston is a home dog three or less, a wild card round since 1989. Uh, 3-11 straight up, 4-8-2 ATS, so not a good spot for Houston here. Spot advantage, Cleveland. Uh, in our power ranking quads, um, Houston has the advantage there. Their power ranking quad is 2-1 ATS. Cleveland is 3-4, but if you look inside that matchup in the power ranking quad history, Houston doesn't have anything applicable, but Cleveland does. One of the two ATS wins there was uh, by a team that had better DVOA and strength of schedule greater than 10, which is what Cleveland is. And inside of the big three plus the PPD, which is how we build our quads on uh, playoffs going forward, Cleveland has a better DVA and, and strength of schedule, like I said, uh, more than 10 spots. That is 100% victory since 2015. Uh, ATS victory? ATS victory. Everything I give is ATS, sir. You know that. Well, I mean, people Cleveland, know. Cleveland uh, has the better points, uh, yeah, points per drive, less than 10. That is 12 and 12, but they also have the better points per drive and strength of schedule Better, greater than 10 spots is 3-2. and two. Better points per drive overall in all games is 20-17 and 17 ATS. And Houston, the only thing they have is the turnover margin, and that is 1-1. One one. So overall, all of that data leans to Cleveland. Um, now, inside the game, Houston's only beat one team all year with a top-10 DVOA defense, and that was Pittsburgh in week, week four, which it's NFL. Like you said, shit happens. There's always outliers. Cleveland finished number two in DVOA and number one in EPA and success rate defense, including finishing weeks 10 through 17 specifically, so the back half of the year, not counting the last week, obviously. At number six, number four, so they started unreal. They hit a lull. If everybody remembers, the defense kind of got weak right there in the middle when they were getting injured. And then, you know, they came back and rebounded and finished really strong. Cleveland's offense, though, still isn't great. And even if you narrow it down to when Flacco's been there, they're still 23rd in offensive success rate. But in that same time frame, Houston's offense, 26th. Uh, Houston is the call by the V2 predictive and preventative model that we built. But they have red flags throughout the, the big three plus the PPD that are very consistent with V2 losers from the past. Like Overall, I think Ryan and Stroud have done a great job. But like you said, this is a great first step in the right direction for the franchise. But in the game where I get the best unit by a mile, which is Cleveland's defense, and a team that has, you know, played a much, much, much tougher schedule, uh, they're, I'll grab their strength and schedule in just a second, but it's much tougher than uh, Houston's. And I got the veteran quarterback. I mean, I'm going to be taking the Browns. Uh, I told you guys I would give you a best bet on every game. My best bet on this one's pretty simple and straightforward. I'm taking the Browns minus two and a half. Best bet for me there. Yeah, and you know, I just looking at the last the last matchup for these two teams. I mean, it was um, 
it was it was Davis Mills is the only problem with, with that, you know. So it's hard to take away much from the Houston side because you know Stroud has obviously been what he's been, but um, you know Flacco <laughs> Flacco went for three sixty eight and three touchdowns. Yeah, that that game was over early. Uh, that was they blew him the fuck out, and then Houston. I, I don't remember if Mills. Yeah, Mills came in for. Uh, then they they started the other guy right. Well, I don't know who. Well, Keenum had seventeen attempts. And, yeah, and they Mills started had, Keenum, and he couldn't complete a pass at all. So we then had Mills seventeen came. attempts. Gee, I mean, and and Mills had thirty-two attempts. So I don't know at what point he was pulled, but he did have two interceptions in seventeen attempts. Yeah, so, he yeah. was awful. But the game was like I think that was the game they. I don't remember. I, I know that I had Cleveland uh, in that game, and the game was over by halftime, so I wasn't worried about it. And then I looked up, and Davis Mills was in. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't take a lot away from that except for the fact that, you know, Houston's defense isn't good. It's not a good unit. So that's bad versus bad. And Cleveland's defense is legit. I remember you brought up the concern on the road. Actually, we we're talking about this game the last time. I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> they're they're going to go in there and shut down Keenum and Mills. And I'm not as confident, obviously, with Stroud back there. Uh, strength of schedule. Cleveland had the third hardest strength of schedule in the league, Houston 27th. So they were poverty on defense versus the 27th strength of schedule. So that should nullify, or at least get even with Cleveland's lack of offensive uh, ability, which they that's going to be the, the death shot to them in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. that defense should travel well enough for them to win by three, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, as far as the, the Cleveland offense, I expect to kind of be what it was in this game. And you know, if if the Houston offense, I mean, they scored twenty two, and I know a lot of that was trash time. Um, but almost know, all of it, almost all of it was trash time. But you know, if Stroud can can make the difference and just keep him within eight and a half, yeah, yeah, I expect this to be a good football game. I don't expect it to be oh, Cleveland just walks in and kicks the hell out of them, and then Stroud gets trash time points. I don't expect that at all. Yeah. Yeah, so we agree. I, I mean, if I was, I mean, I don't know if I'm giving best bets too, but if I was to give a best bet on this one, I well, would. You, take, didn't, you didn't promise everybody you would, but I did, no. so I'm going to. But I'm, a, I'm what's the over at? It's 40, 44? Is that what it's at? 44. It is. Shit. I think this lines up as a as a nice over with the fact that we've seen Cleveland score on this Houston 44 team. 44 and a half. Yeah, we've seen Cleveland score on this on this Houston team and not have any issues with Flacco, and then now we've got Stroud coming in to replace Mill, the combination of Mills and Keenum. So, I, and with what Cleveland's defense has done on the road for the most part of the year, I feel like they're going to be able to score, you know, in the mid twenties. So, I think the over is, is a really good bet too. Yeah, the overs and unders in all the research that I've done in uh, Wildcard Weekend, it is an under weekend. Um, not to say that, I mean, there's been some, some years where they all went over, but for the most part, it's been an under weekend. I would caution everybody though on the teaser home dogs, three or less seven and seven, uh, since 1989 plus six on the teaser is not the spot to do that. Yeah. Go walk our weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going very, very small and light on these teaser and just kind of feeling them out in the playoffs for sure. Over under, let's see, that was one and one. And then we got... So just in this situation, home dogs three or less over under is four and ten to the under, but it it mostly shades under for the entire weekend through the entire history of this round. But again, as doing the doing the research, there was at least one, if not two, years that I can remember going through that every game went over. So it's not saying that it can't happen. Obviously, it can. 
Oh, we've got some unders coming. Don't you worry. There's going to be some stink fest coming up. All right. Well, let's move on to Kansas City, where the defending world champion Chiefs open up their campaign to defend their title at home. Four and a half point now consensus home favorites over those my hammer Dolphins. Yeah, and this this is just a bad draw for Miami. I, I mean, it's I, I'm calling this the blowout of the week. You know, there's probably going to be one blowout. I think this is going to be the one, and it's unfortunate. You know, if you're if you're a backer of Miami or a Tua fan or whatever the case is, it's unfortunate they got this draw. But KC is rested and has the best quarterback in the league. They're just sitting there waiting, and Miami is the most injured team in these playoffs. You can just you just can't keep doing and stacking these injuries. They got more on Sunday night against Buffalo that stacked up on them. Um, they're, they're walking into Kansas City. It's going to be fucking freezing as fuck. And look, that the you know the tiny little Hawaiian quarterback, he he works well in, in perfect weather conditions. That offense works well in, in perfect weather conditions. And, you know, usually it's a slam dunk for me to take the other team that Miami's playing if it's a a really good team. I'm You know, I'm, I struggle with... with you know, thinking that Kansas City is a really good team, but I know they have a really good defense. I know they have an elite Super Bowl caliber defense. So that's what's going to be going up against that Miami offense and shutting them down in this weather. And I just think it's going to get out of hand. What will be a, you know, relatively sloppy, <coughs> ugly, close game up till halftime will slowly and gradually turn into, you know, a, a nice gentleman's blowout by, you know, 10, 13, 14 points. By the end of the game, so yeah, I've got I've got Kansas City in every which way in this game. Okay, totally disagree. Um, so let's look at the power ranking quad. So there's nothing specific in the power ranking quad now. Power, Kansas City does fall into a really good uh, power ranking quad. Three so three Super Bowl appearances out of that quad. Four and one ATS in the wild card, including Dallas last year, uh, Miami. Their power ranking quad has four Super Bowl appearances, three and two ATS in the wild card. So both winning quads there. Inside of that, Miami, better points per drive and worse uh, strength of schedule by less than 10. That is 12 and four ATS uh, throughout of all research since 2015. Kansas City has the better DVOA and strength of schedule. That's 50 50. Miami, better turnover margin only. Now that's 50 50. The wild card. Home favorite of three and a half to six and a half, 15 and 11 straight up, 12 and 14 ATS. So, not the best spot for Kansas City, but not death. But then, Kansas City better shrink the schedule, but less than 10 spots. Uh, and worse PPD, less than 10 spots, four and six ATS there. So, all that data goes to Miami. Um, as far as the defense, if you look at. Uh, Success rate through the last half of the season. Kansas City's fifth best in the league. Miami is not the best in the league, so it's very comparable. They're very comparable in pretty much every stat as you go through. Now, inside this game, I know there's a lot of hesitation going against Mahomes ATS in the playoffs, and I do understand that. He's 9-5 and five ATS with a plus-1 ATS margin. That's kind of weak, but he's 11-3 straight up. You take him at home, which is mostly where they, well, it's always where they've been except the Super Bowls, 7-4 ATS with a plus 2.5 ATS margin, 9-2 straight up, which is very strong. 
Now, if you make him a four point or less fave, he's three and one straight up and ATS. Now, this game's at four and a half now. Um, so that kind of fell out of that. But either way, he's really good ATS at home. Now, the V2 predictive and preventative pick with zero red flags is Miami from the big three and PPD. Now, if it wasn't Mahomes on the other side, then I would just be hammering Miami as my best bet. I personally already bet them. But since it is Mahomes, I found what I think is a better way to get at this game. And it is going to be the numbers geek. Pick of the week. Nerd alert. Nerd. Nerd. You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right. So <clears throat> I don't totally agree or totally disagree with Longhorn and taking Kansas City, although the data all does. But I think we're going to meet in the middle on this one. And here's how we're going to do it. Um, away dogs in the wild card round with the same winning percentage as their opponent, two and nine straight up, but six three and two ATS. But more importantly, ten and one to the plus six teaser. And inside of this matchup specifically, we took Jacksonville plus nine and a half last year, and in Kansas City they covered for us. Miami is a much better team than Jacksonville was, and this Kansas City team is much worse than that Kansas City team that won the Super Bowl last year. And on top of that, the four games where Mahomes has been, four-point fave in the playoffs, the dog is uh, the dog is 3-1 and one on the six-point teaser. So, yes, I do believe Kansas City wins. They may cover, they may not. I, you know, I wouldn't want to put that out as a best bet, but this is, the best bet's going to be this, the this is the numbers geek was the stat was the trend leading to the best bet which is the first leg of the do no wong teaser of the week we're going to take miami plus six on the teaser to ten and a half and i'm going to give the other leg of this in another game but that is ten and one again overall in this matchup okay um so how do you feel about I mean, I'm sure you've seen the weather report. That doesn't affect you. doesn't change you at all, sway you at all. Nope. Okay. Miami's got a really good defense, too, and Kansas City's offense is fucking they used, poverty. I mean, they've had it throughout the year, but they, they're they on, like, their fourth and fifth backup pass rushers. They don't have anybody any, anybody left. But I know that doesn't – you know, we, we saw a Miami team, what was it, two years ago going to Buffalo – with a backup quarterback, and last year actually was that we'll last get to year? That. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, so like we've seen these out. I'm not saying it can't happen, but when I see a weather report that's negative 11 degrees as the low and negative one as the high, <laughs> I'm not taking a freaking beach team with 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 all their injuries and everything they're dealing with. No way. Well, that's why I stayed away from giving that as best bet as far as the spread. But yeah, with all the data I have and everything else, I will take them plus the ten and a half again. First leg of the Do No Wong teaser. I hear you. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, we just talked about them. Let's go, Buffalo. They are 10 point. This line was nine. It got to 10, and it's been stuck at 10 ever since. Home (laughs) favorites versus those Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, man. I am going to start this handicap by saying, look, I'm sorry. Okay, I, like, I hate it too. I hate that I, I'm about to say that I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh and those 10 points in this game. I hate it just as much as you do. I cannot believe we have to actually have a game with Pittsburgh continuing on in this season. Um, but I, 
you know, I've been hit and miss. It's been weird with me with Pittsburgh this year when I was on them early and they were, you know, playing better than, you know, some people thought. And then right when I thought they were just going to, like, you know, take off and kind of, kind of like, surge a little bit, well, that's when they lost back-to-back home games against Arizona and New England. And they just looked like their season was in the dumps. And, of course, you know, jumped off. And then that's right when their sink is just about to sh- – to, their ship is just about to sink. That's right when um, they usually turn it around, and they did, and snuck their way into the playoffs. All that to be said, I cannot trust. And this is this is a you know huge dog Tomlin <coughs> spot. They're they're the nobody expects them to win. Nobody wants to bet them. That's exactly when you're going to get the best effort out of Pittsburgh. And Buffalo has been screaming to us that they're not good enough to cover huge <coughs> spreads. They've been. They've been telling us that for a long time this season. To uh, the two games before Miami, they went to the well, they went to the Chargers. I think that was like a twelve point spread, barely won. They went. What was the, the next game? Was New England. Uh, that was a it was a big spread. Couldn't cover that one. And then last week we saw finally a small spread, and they were able to cover the smaller spread. So basically, they're just telling you what they are. We know what Cleveland is in the past in these huge dog games. I hate it, but I'm leaning to Pittsburgh, um, and, and that's it. There's no, there's no teasers. There's no, you know, nothing else. No Sounders or anything like that. So it's just Pittsburgh leaning with the ten points. Curious to hear what you got. Okay, in uh, the wildcard round, home favorites of ten or more, eight and zero straight up, seven and one ATS. The only team that didn't cover, however, was Buffalo last fucking year. Fourteen points they were giving up versus Miami. And a backup quarterback. Now, inside the power ranking quad, uh, Buffalo's power ranking terrible in the fuck the quad is terrible. ATS walk around one and four. ATS one Super Bowl appearance. Pittsburgh only three playoff appearances ever out of their power ranking quad. They fucking suck so bad. One and two ATS in the wild card. No Super Bowl appearances as you can imagine. Now Buffalo. Has a better uh, points per drive and worse strength of schedule by more than 10. So that's terrible for them. Three and seven ATS. Pittsburgh, better turnover margin strength and strength of schedule. Uh, one and four. So not good for them. And then if you make the strength of schedule more than 10 points, better. 0 and one. So not good for them. Again, Buffalo, better points per drive by more than 10 slots is eight and five ATS overall. Pittsburgh, better strength of schedule by more than 10, and worse points per drive by more than 10, 4-2 and two overall. So, completely fucking split data through that. Now, inside of the game, Tomlin, yeah, he's not good uh, in these spots, despite everything that my buddy just said. 8-9 straight up in the playoffs, 7-9-1 ATS with a negative 3.5 ATS margin. As a road dog, 1-3 straight up, losing by 11 points per game. Two and two ATS, so much like the data, he's 50-50. But that's with a negative 4.5 ATS margin. Terrible. What's the only he time huge dog though? The only time he was a double-digit dog was in 2021. They're catching 11 and a half of the Chiefs, and we took the points with Tomlin because, of course, why wouldn't you back Tomlin as a big dog? Yeah, they lost 42 to 20 fucking one, and that's barely with T- barely missed it, and that's with TJ Watt. Starting the scoring in that game with a goddamn sack, <clears throat> fumble for a touchdown. They were up seven to nothing, catching oh, yeah. twelve and lost by twenty-one. So there is no TJ Watt in this fucking game, 
And if no. you were looking at those two matchups, they're almost identical. The Kansas City that year and then and Buffalo and uh, Buffalo this year and Pittsburgh, blah blah blah. Buffalo better in DVOA, worse than strength of schedule, better in points per drive by a massive amount, which historically has canceled out the strength of schedule advantage. And in fact, since 2020, there's not been a single team that has covered a game with a points per drive as bad as Pittsburgh has this year. So yeah. between that and the 8-0 straight up, 7-1 to ATS, the only loss last year were Miami. Obviously, they're going to be an outlier in the data, which, like my buddy said, outliers happen. You know, the only team to have a better strength of schedule by 10 spots and more and a worse points per drive by worse than 10 and still cover. They're the only team to ever do that was that Miami team last year. Versus this Buffalo team. So, like I said, it's the NFL and shit happens. Yeah, it's... But, it's, but with all that said, I can only lean Buffalo here. But because the data is so split, it is only a lean. I don't... I bet them at 9. I don't love it at 10 for sure. Um, but, so I had to figure out a different way to get at this for a best bet for the podcast. So here it is. My official best bet on the podcast is to go Buffalo money line in the third quarter. I think it's probably about, it's like minus 160 right now. We'll see where you can get it uh, when it becomes more widely available, but that's what I got it at. In all eight games, we're double-digit home favorites. They're 7-1 in the money line in the third quarter. The Bills this season specifically, third quarter money line, 10-2-5. And remember, we take the money line on quarters because if you get the tie, get your money back, it's just a canceled bet. The Steelers, third quarter this season, five, eight, and four on the money line. So I've got history on my side. I've got the matchup on my side. So official best bet, Buffalo, money line, third quarter. Let's go, Buffalo. Yeah, Pittsburgh sucks, and they could get absolutely destroyed uh, in this game really quick. But I agree with you. The reason why I can't give that out is because, I mean, Buffalo has shown. They – they have a tendency to shit the bed, especially early in the game, which is why I didn't. T- if you look through their early part of their stats this year, they're, they fuck around and fuck around and fuck around. Mm-hmm. But in the third quarter, that is their movement quarter. So, And generally you see the better coach teams. It's kind of that middle eight people talk about, especially it's more prevalent in college mm-hmm. than it is in the pros. But that middle eight is where you football games are won and lost, and Buffalo has been really good at that part. Pittsburgh's not good at anything, so – and without T.J. Watt, their defense falls apart anyway. So, yeah, they could get blown out without him, but I don't trust Buffalo to fucking go do that. I mean, I did lay, you know, a half a unit on minus nine, my personal self, but I wasn't going to give that out to the clients. I don't feel comfortable with that. No, I trust Buffalo and specifically Josh Allen to keep this game close for as long as possible. That's oh, what you tr- fucking know that big Wyoming dummy will. <laughs> he can't help him. He cannot fucking – just watching those games, he cannot – Help himself, and then but then I mean that New England game was the worst. They beat them nine ways from fucking Sunday, and just would not mm. fucking put the goddamn spread away. They wouldn't and, do it. And the coach is fine with that too. Like the coach is perfectly fine. Just you know when the fuck ups happen, just punt and pin, play defense. Like he's perfectly fine with that too. So like yeah, it's it. You speak talk about ugly, low scoring games. That could be this one for sure. Yeah, I could definitely see that. All right, uh, moving on. Let's see. Where are we moving on to? Okay, we're moving on to... Oh, it's those Dallas Cowboys! Mm-hmm. Seven and a half point. They This game opened at seven. 
Went up to seven and a half, back to seven. Now it's been sucking seven and a half the last couple of days that I've seen. It's a little juice to the seven and a half across the board, but not, it's like 115. So we'll call it seven and a half consensus. Home favorites over those Green Bay Packers. Well, I hope you're feeling dangerous because this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. Oh, man, this was just, there was no other way for me to go in this. I had this as the danger zone as soon as I sat down and started doing these seven and a half points. It does feel trappy. It does feel like, you know, it's like come and get this seven and a half. So I do acknowledge that. And uh, I'd, I'd love to hear what the, where the money's coming in. I don't, hope I'm not just completely on the square side of this one but um yeah just jo uh, jordan love is just you know what what a season and it doesn't seem to matter who's in or out at receivers which tells me that the coaching staff is fantastic which we already kind of knew for the most part but now we're seeing the the collaboration and the and, you know you know becoming you know almost one mind of the of the head coach and the quarterback out there on the field you're not seeing those early season mistakes and shaking of the head you know that that the quarterback and the coach were doing uh you know from, from when he first started so this is a whole different green bay team from what it was uh at the beginning of the year offensively and even now the last couple of weeks they're starting to actually play a little defense that was a worry for me you know in the middle of the season going uh, all the way up towards the end of it they were just becoming a sieve almost looked like some quit was setting in uh, but they've pulled out of that they've made the playoffs you're getting best efforts all around from them and it, I just, I'm sorry, I don't trust, I do not trust McCarthy in these spots to to win with margin. Now they, of course, you know, they, they could win by, they could win by three touchdowns in this game. They absolutely could, because when Dallas wins, they fucking boat race, especially at home and especially against a team that they're better than. But be careful with this one. Just that's all I'm saying. Be careful. This is a rivalry. Green Bay has owned Dallas in this in this rivalry matchup. A lot of emotion in this game. Uh, this one, this one's scary. So I, I'm absolutely 100% on the seven and a half, and I will be sprinkling, a little sprinkle on Green Bay with the money line to win this game. What do you got? Okay, so sorry. Um, all right, looking at the power ranking quads, Dallas falls into a great power ranking quad when it comes to long-term success in the in the um, playoffs, four Super Bowl appearances. But in the wildcard round, four and six ATS. <clears throat> so not great there. But looking through the data, looking through three of the wildcard wins, uh, ATS wins, three of the teams had the exact same, uh, one of the fatal flaws that Green Bay has in the big three plus the PPD. Strength of schedule, less than 10 uh, only. So the only metric they're better at Dallas at was the strength of schedule, but it's not even 10 slots. Three and eight ATS on that, and the other one was um, no, sorry, that was the same one in all three. But on Dallas's side, one of their losses is um, the same as that too. So overall, it's pretty clean for Dallas. The predictive and preventative V two model is on Dallas. There's a little bit of yellow flag in there, but not much. Um, 
But there's some caution, like I said, through the through the power ranking quads in the matchup. I grabbed Dallas at minus seven when it opened. Uh, it's the only way that I would play this one, but that's not my best bet because I gave you guys the big fave trend, you know, the uh, which was to recap home favorites seven or more, twenty and two straight up, winning by twelve points per game, fourteen and eight ATS with plus three ATS margin. But in going through and doing my teaser research, I found there's a pocket home favorites between seven and nine and a half are twelve and two. Straight up, winning by almost 14 points per game. But 7-7 seven seven ATS. But it is with a plus 3.5 ATS margin. So it's still pretty strong, even though it's 50-50. But inside of that is going to be my best bet on this one. Home favorites between 7 and 8.5. And 9-2 on the T's down. 82%. So the second leg of the Do No Wong teaser. We're going to tease the cows plus the 6 down to 1.5. So if you do the math on this one. You got a 91% leg and an 82% leg. That gets me to 75% probability, which is 20% higher than I need to be to break even on any minus 120 teaser. That is when two Wongs make a white, baby. So official, (laughs) official best bet on this one is Dallas plus the six points down to one and a half. Tie that together with Miami up to plus 10 and a half. All right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love the Dallas teaser. Any any teaser you're doing this weekend that doesn't have Dallas in it, you're doing it wrong. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't have any disagreements with you. Obviously, you know, it's all it's all good data. Um, it's just it's just a it's just a feel, man. Seven and a half with, with a game like that. I I actually want Dallas to win because you know we're going to Vegas next weekend, like we said, and that just, would suck if they lost. Oh God, it'd be awful. But you know. I'll have it sprinkled just in case it, it does a little bit. But, yeah, there's nothing better than, you know, having all those fucking jersey-wearing cowboy fans out there doing their hooting and hollering and, and talking their shit. And It's the best. You know, like we don't know who they're going to be matched up with yet. So it's hard to, you know, I can't, you know, I can't call a win or a loss yet. But, so we'll see about that. But either way, <coughs> it is going to be fucking fun. So can't wait. All right, moving on. It's those Detroit Lions. They are down to consensus three-point home favorites over those Los Angeles Rams. Yep, and this is the Big Dick Pick of the Week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. Oh, my God. I love this one so much. And... If you think I'm going to throw a bunch of data and stats at you to back this up, I'm not. Okay? This is a gut check. Well, that's not what I do anyways. But, you know, sometimes if I see something that really stands out, I'll I'll throw it in there. But I know that you carry the heavy load on that. So, hopefully, you come in with some things that back me up. But I am calling my shot here anyways. You know, we've got Stafford. A super much like the Cleveland game. We got Stafford, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now Goff has been to a Super Bowl, but he folded like a fucking lawn chair and they kicked his ass out of there as fast as they could. High motivation for him to pay back. So I, I do recognize that, and that could be a factor. But what but I haven't heard wor- word on Laporta yet. Um but he'll certainly not be what he has been. If he plays, he'll be certainly limited. And that running game <clears throat> and that passing game of the Rams. It's just never going to stop coming at Detroit and that shit defense, which has just never 
really turned the corner. You know, I've been waiting all year. They've had injuries at certain points. They started okay, had injuries, fell apart, got some people back. They started great. Yeah, they started great, had some injuries, fell apart, got some people back. But outside of Hutchinson, who dominated last week, God, what the fuck, man? I we'll get into that in the offseason. like because there's there's good players on that defense that's just not coming together, which tells me it's more of a coordinator thing. But but that again, that's an offseason thing. In this game, I'm sorry, man. I think that I think L.A. the L.A. Rams, I think they're the only team in this conference that has a shot to go to the Super Bowl besides San Francisco. I really do. And this is step one of their march to the Super Bowl. I did put in a Super Bowl ticket. Uh, with them, I think you said you already had one uh, early from earlier in the year. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no preseason. Yeah, yeah. So look, man, I just like the matchup. I like the matchup here. I like I like Goff's balls to get shrunk, and I like Stafford to just. They're going to put up thirty something points in this game. So this is what's the over under in this game? What are we looking at here? Fifty one and a half. <sighs> that's not to me. That's not high enough. I don't think it's high enough. I know you said that this is an under type type weekend, but you know, in the dome, that's not high enough. And um, now's the time where you come in and tell me that you back me up 100%, no doubt about it. Well, let's see what I can do here, sir. All right. Um, looking at the power ranking quad, so all four of these remaining teams are in the same power ranking quad. That makes it a little bit easier on the handicap, but not good for Super Bowl futures because nobody from this power ranking quad has ever made the Super Bowl. So... Take that for what it's worth. There's always a first time for everything, so we can keep our fingers crossed on that. But inside this game, Detroit has a better points per drive but less than 10 slots. That is 12 and 12 ATS, so 50-50. Detroit, better points per drive, worse strength of schedule by more than 10. That is 3 and 7 ATS. So basically what that's telling you is they've had a much easier schedule, but yet <clears throat> their points per drive are not are it's not high enough to make a difference to make up for that uh, strength of schedule. So basically, you're getting the better team in the Rams on our discount. Detroit better DVOA and turnover margin. Uh, that is ten and ten ATS, so fifty fifty. The Rams better strength of schedule is the only metric they have, but it's more than ten slots. That is seven and two ATS uh, in all of our research, and better strength of schedule by more than ten slots and worse points per drive, but by less than ten spots. 3-1 ATS for the Rams. So that's all fantastic on them. So inside the game since week 10, it's the second half of the season, Rams are 12th EPA success rate, and the Lions are 20th on defense. So much better defense for the Rams back half of the season. Like you said, the Lions have not been good. On offense, the Rams are 5th, the Lions are 6th. So it's no wonder why they ended up in the same power ranking quad. They're, they're both very good offenses. So I looked at the schedule since week 10. And I only looked at the home games for Detroit because that's where this game is. I don't give a fuck about the road games. They beat the Bears, but they let a fucking poverty offense score 26 points on them. They lost to the Packers, which is not nearly as bad a loss now as it seemed then. But because the Packers since week 10, you talked about love earlier, fourth best success rate on offense the second half of the season. So right ahead of the Rams. The Packers have been smoking hot on offense for the whole back half of the year. So not a bad loss, but they still still gave up 30 points, and it's a loss. They beat the Broncos, who are below average offense, and they scored 17. And Minnesota, who has an average offense, and they scored 20. So overall, not great performances versus offense that are well below what the Rams' standard is. 
The Rams, since week 10 on the road, scored 37 in Arizona. Not saying much. They were 31st on defense. But that's what you're supposed to do when you're a good offense versus a bad defense, is blow them the fuck out. They did. Then they went to Baltimore, who are 10th in EPA per play, second half of the season, and scored 31 on the road. They scored 26 on the Giants, who are also poverty. But, again, a good performance versus a bad defense on the road. That's what you want to see. Now, I'm not counting Week 18 because nobody played for either team, really, so there's nothing really to take from that data. So, overall, I have the much better defense in the Rams, slightly better offense, but they're on the road, so let's just say that's even. Versus a team who gives up more points than they should versus everybody, good or bad. And on top of all that, I know the Stafford back to Detroit thing is getting a lot of narrative hype. But more importantly to me is the McVay versus Goff. Look, McVay raised Goff. He made him into a viable quarterback in this league. He knows his tendencies, his weaknesses, his strengths. And just importantly, he has a defense that is ninth in dropback success rate. So they actually should be able to do something with that information to slow him down. And golf versus common opponents is not the same guy. Longhorn did, <clears throat> Sorry, did you know the Lions actually ended up the number one ATS team in the NFL this year? Yeah. 12 and 5. Yeah. Out fucking standing. But in the division versus teams that know him, 3 and 3. So you go from 70% to 50%. Now on the flip side of that, you might say, yeah, but Detroit has a whole fucking building of film on Stafford in Detroit, which is true. But McVay at his, is at his very best when playing common opponents, as long as their name is not the 49ers. The Rams are 10-6-1 ATS this year, so 62.5%. Very good. But in division, 5-1 ATS, 83.3%. So overall, I get the better defense, the better coach, the better quarterback. I'm getting a field goal or just over a field goal. I got the historical data to back me up. The defensive predictive and preventative model has this game 22-21 Rams. They got no red flags from the big three plus the PPD. Yeah. I'll go for a more realistic score to say eh, 24-21, something like that, 27-24. I already bet the Rams plus three and a half. Look, I don't usually like to buy points, but this is the playoffs, and there aren't many games left, so I'm not going to let a hook stop me from betting. So if you're scared of the three and not getting the three and a half, look, you could spend the dime, lay the 120 to get the hook, but official best bet for me in this game, I'm backing my buddy up in his big dick pick, L.A. Rams plus the three and a half. Yeah, I will just say uh, you talked about the Green Bay game. Well, that was, you know, they didn't have Kyron Williams in that game. They had no running game for what it's worth, you know. No, no, the Green Bay game was uh, Detroit. But they lost to Green Bay on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, okay. I, saw, I thought you were talking about when the Rams lost to Green Bay. No, no, no. Because I only looked at the – the home games for Detroit, the second half of the year, that was one of them. I was oh. just saying it wasn't as bad. It looked like a terrible loss at the time because Green Bay was below 500. They were, like, getting right. ready to be put out of their misery. And then they go in there and just monkey stomp uh, Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. But I was saying that that doesn't look as bad as it was because the Green Bay's offense is, like, one slot ahead of the Rams. But, again, they scored 30 points in this defense. So that's what I'm saying is, like, the Rams should be able to score on this defense. Oh my God! Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them having any problems at all. Um, yeah, we've already talked about, you know, obviously making the call for them to win the game, taking them on the plus three. You're saying, you know, take it to three and a half if you don't feel comfortable. I, I've got them teased up. Also, I've got the. I'm, I'm so in on the Rams this week that they, 
They better fucking win and cover. Yeah, that's that is my favorite best bet of the week is the Rams. All right. All right, moving on to the last game. Oh, it's Monday Night Football. Oh, they saved the best for last, baby. It's yeah. those Tampa Bakers. Now, three-point across the board. Home dogs, those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and this is the hello. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> this is a go ahead and hit that sounder because, you know, it's fun and it's a playoff, so why not? Uh could there be two more average and boring-ass fucking teams than these two teams right now? I don't know there can be. I don't really see much of a difference between these two teams currently, at the way they're playing right now. Both quarterbacks are held together by duct tape. They're going to go out there. They're going to muck it up. They're going to, they're going to you know, bang in each other's their heads into, into each other for about three hours. And somebody at the end of the game is going to sneak out a one, two, or three point win so no matter who was getting the points in this game i was going to be taking give me the home team on two teams that i think are right now pretty much even teams uh yeah just i don't know how i mean i think they're dead even team and actually philly might be worse they might be a tick worse than them right now especially when you consider they're walking in with injuries to aj brown Devontae smith Swift got a little banged up, and of course the quarterback had a finger bent the wrong way. So yeah, I, I can go no other way but Tampa plus three. Tampa teased up. Tampa on the money line. You know, I'm, I'm on Tampa. All right, uh, Tampa Bay home dogs three or less wild card round since 1989. Three eleven straight up. Four eight and two ATS. So spot advantage is Philadelphia there. Um, power ranking quad again. They're in the same power ranking quad as the last two teams. Three and four ATS in the wild card, uh, but somebody has to fucking win. So uh, that really doesn't matter. Inside the big three plus the PPD, it is pretty much all Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, better points per drive, a worse strength of schedule, less than 10, 12 and four. It's one of our strongest spots. Philly, better strength of schedule in DVOA is one and one, 50 50. But if you take the strength of schedule less than 10 spots in DVOA, which is where they're at, 0-1. So haven't had a cover from that historically yet. Philly, better strength of schedule, but less than 10. And worse, uh, points per drive, less than 10, 4-6. and six. They fall into that bucket. Now, 50, Tampa Bay does fall into a 50-50 bucket of points per drive, less than 10. Uh, better points per drive, less than 10 spots, 12-12. Twelve and 12. And better points per drive overall, again, 20-17. and 17. So the... Inside the game, both these teams since week 10 are below average defensively. Philly somehow is still seventh in success rate the second half of the season on offense. I don't know how. But they both played a well below average schedule for the season. I uh, believe, yeah, 23rd and 24th strength of schedule. So they've played nobody, both of these teams. Yeah. That's the only reason why they're in the playoffs. Um, Tampa Bay is the V2 predictive and preventative pick. I do have some reservations on that spot, though, obviously because of Baker. And now the growing report in Tampa Bay that Todd Bowles is apparently fired either way this goes. I don't oh. like that at all. Yeah. Why would you Why would you announce that? I don't know. But more than anything, I don't like the fact that in the wild card, if you have an average margin on the season that is positive, but it's less than two points per game, 0-4 straight up, losing by 16 points per game, one and three ATS with a negative twelve ATS margin. One and three on the teaser with an all with an average line of four. Three and one to the under though. 
with a negative 5 delta on an average total of 42. This trend also applies, by the way, to the Texans. So that's what really pushed me over the top on Cleveland, too. But the reason why I'm not all over Philly, like I am Cleveland, is because Philly has an average margin of less than one on the season. So that situation actually has never been seen in this spot in the data. So New league at, record. And all the other data leans Tampa Bay. And the only team to beat this trend was 2020. That was the Skins, who are literally the biggest statistical outlier in all of our data since 2015. But they also had a spread of eight and a half. Every other game in this trend was three and a half or less. And oh, by the way, the Skins lost by eight. So they literally covered by the hook with more than double the average spread in the situation. Mm-hmm. Overall, I do lean Tampa Bay, but I can't pull the trigger uh, staring that kind of history in the face. But what I can do is use that data to get to my best bet on this game, which is going to be to take the Eagles. Uh, wait, no, that's not my best bet. <clears throat> not that one. No, not that. Just one. kidding. Don't hit. Don't Just hit submit. Cheating. Just don't kidding. Hit, don't hit submit yet. Uh, let's see. Da-da-da. Sorry, I forgot to erase that. I, I was going in between two. I forgot to erase that. So uh, I think he's going to take Baker over three and a half touchdowns. That's exactly what it is. I think that's what it's going to be. I'm, I'm just okay. Like, here we uh, go. They already played this game already this season in Tampa Bay on a Monday night. The total was 44, and it went under. Um, I remember it. I lost. So, and if you look at both previous Monday night wildcard games, there's only been two, they both went under. And if you look back on the most consistent pattern through the data, which is Tampa Bay being better points per drive, but worse strength of schedule, less than 10 spots, those games since 2015 are 9-7 to the under. It's 3-1 and one to the under on that trend that I gave. And last year in the wildcard rounds, the games went 5-1 and one to the over. So I expect a 3-3 three and three coming this year, if not flipped all the way around to the under. So officially, my best bet for me in this one is the under 44 Tampa Bay and Philly. Yeah, I like that. I've already got that ticket in, too, as well. Um, I, I I did I did flirt with making this the official, unofficial, official fiddle in the middle pick, but I just I landed on Cleveland and Houston. Um, you know, I don't know. Which would if you were forced to do one of those fiddle in the middles, which one which one would it be? Mm, probably this one. This one, yeah. All right, we'll see how it works out. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby! <laughs> Longhorn, I guess you talked me into it. We'll give out some more free. I said free picks of the week. Holy shit, you people are spoiled in this podcast. God damn. Yeah, well, just a small one. It's it's we're just throwing some darts here, and uh, you know, not, nothing big. But uh, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do both my sound. Well, one of the sounders and the big pick. I'm big dick pick. I'm gonna do the Rams plus 140 on the money line. Parlay that with Tampa Bay on Monday night plus 140 on the money line. And that pays eh, four and a half, five to one, some, somewhere between that. So nothing huge, but, uh, you know, just a little action. Let's get a little action going on this wild card weekend. 
Goddamn right. I told you on Monday, if you don't have any money on a playoff game, does it really happen? <laughs> I don't think that it does. Probably. And I am going to back you on that parlay, too. I'm putting that in as soon as we get done here. All right. All right. Uh, I will just recap all of my best bets from the game. So Cleveland, minus 2.5. Miami, plus 10.5. Tease with Dallas, minus 1.5. Buffalo, third quarter money line. The Rams, plus the 3 or 3.5. Three and Tampa Bay, Philadelphia under forty four. Yeah, if if is that all of them? That's it. Do you want to bet on the um, Longhorn in the third quarter of a Vegas Vegas night bender? You gonna bet on or off that? I don't think I have enough money <laughs> left in my account to lay what it'll take to make like a hundred bucks. It's not really worth it to me it's, on that. It's not a good investment. It's, it gets pretty. It goes downhill pretty fast out there. <laughs> Real it's like, fast. It's probably like minus ten thousand to make a hundred. Like no, thank you. Yeah. Well, you win some, you lose some. You know. <laughs> All right, Longhorn. Tell me about the Fabulous website one more time. All right, episode number one eighty five. Mm, almost had him. Is in the books. Um, go to the website, thefootballgoryhill.com. Check out the free picks. We'll throw some <laughs> up there. And uh, But more importantly, why don't you go to our YouTube channel, the, the Revolution Network at YouTube, and subscribe there because you will probably have some videos coming up of our Vegas trip. That's when we throw some fun things out there. So if you actually want to see these two... Uh, some people say beautiful. Some people say ugly faces. You can you, you make you the call. Look, eye of the beholder. Type Stay out of my comments, mom. Yeah, well, it, well, oh man, your mom. She'll always she'll always support you. But you should hear you should hear what she writes to me in the DMs. I mean, she, 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 <laughs> oh, killing me. Yeah. All right, so um, do that. Subscribe there, and we will have some interesting news coming up in the off season. Uh, we're making some changes. You know, we're always trying to to grow and improve here at at FGH, and we've got some fun things coming up into next year. But be sure and subscribe to all of that. Share with your friends. It is playoff season. We can't wait, and uh, we enjoy y'all being along for the ride with us. Do any of these things, and we become partners for life. And both Eva's, as always, in a mostly non sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a selfie, baby.